Hello and welcome to Health. Let's chill out and get real. My name is Lara Jezef and I will be your host. Just letting you know, guys, that this episode is a Facebook Live episode. So that's the reason why I'm chatting to other people and asking for engagement, just so not to confuse you. <laughs> Enjoy. So for those who haven't heard us yet, this yeah. is our second day. We're going all week on women's health. Mm-hmm. And um, today, yesterday we had hormones and periods, which we had... Was yep. great actually. Yes. I really enjoyed it. I learned a lot. Yeah, cool. Um, yeah, and um, posted in the podcast. So this will be in a podcast version as well for you all. If you manage, if you miss this, um, so good to listen to your conversations. Thank you. Hey yeah. Tara. Um, and we have lots of questions today um, to yeah. cover because it's Fertility Day. Yeah. And we were just speaking just a second ago. I just looked yeah. up some stats about fertility. Yeah. And I said. So the who say it's one in seven couples are infertile. Yeah. And, you know. You kind of weren't surprised, were you? Well, not really. But I think there's a bit of a misdiagnosis of infertility there because there's so much confusion. You know, I see a lot of young women classed infertile and you think, well, you know, there's a lot of factors that are being missed and they're just being put in that banner um, and straight off to the, you know, IVF or fertility or something like that and I think there's probably steps that need to be taken first before they jump in and say you know you're not fertile and you need to go down this this huge big expensive path um mm. yeah so yeah definitely mm. what do you think the um it seems to be common why, why are yeah. these women struggling well well not just women it's the men mm, as well mm, I don't want to pinpoint it just for the yeah I think the a women. lot of focus obviously is on the women and it's almost like it's our fault because it's our bodies and I know that sort of thing yeah but you know it's 50 50 there can be sperm issues there um that aren't being looked at and often they're not looked at for maybe a year and then all of a sudden they get picked up and it's like if that got you know assessed maybe six months ago um but at the end of the day it's a lot of this toxicity and inflammation and stress all the things we see that cover hormones in general are obviously still affecting the fertility side of things so you know there's yeah there's a lot of underlying i think if people just naturally got healthy and well um really early on before it became so urgent they'd have a bit more time up their sleeves so i really encourage people to think about it you know a year out really start encouraging looking at their diet and their toxicity and their you know any health conditions because those health conditions are going to unfortunately you know impact on their fertility potentially okay so it should Mm. be a year out you should start planning well yeah i think so i mean i think they we say three months from a if we knew someone was fertile and they're having a regular cycle but if you had cycle issues and you weren't feeling healthy maybe your partner wasn't um, you know, as healthy as he could be, you know, some drinking or smoking or something like that. Really, if you've got the time up your sleeves, I encourage people, you know, a good six to 12 months prior just to start chipping mm. it away at it so it doesn't feel so, you know, scary, I guess, thinking, oh my gosh, we've got three months to do a detox and clean up our diet. And, you know, that can be yeah. quite stressful in itself. So, definitely. Yeah. What if mm. they, they had been on the contraceptive pill? Would it still be a year or would it, they have to? have a longer time uh, to come no, I think, no that would be fine generally we say three to six months to get the hormones properly out the body and maybe the body a bit more balanced so i think that would apply the same for on the pill for sure 
Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So you mentioned a few things there about what people can do if couples are struggling or if they want yeah. to have a baby. Yes. Um, what are the other factors um, mm -hmm. when it comes to people struggling or what should they be doing? Yeah. Well, I other think... Other than nutrition, like you mentioned. Yeah. yeah. Yes. So the biggest thing I see in clinic is people with irregular periods that are trying to fall pregnant, maybe been trying for a year plus, um, and haven't really pinpointed their ovulation time. So, you know, they might be totally missing their ovulation date, which I think is a little bit of a trouble because if you don't know when you're um, fertile and ovulating, you could potentially be missing the day every cycle. So yeah. I think people need to get clear on their ovulation. And, you and know, it's what just that two means. days, isn't it? Well, that's a right. Month. I mean, you know, on, in a good um, rate, you know, you might get six or seven days sperm life, but that's on a really strong sperm and good conditions. So we wouldn't say, yeah, we generally say two or three days are fertile in that time. And you know, give or take. How are they meant to know? Okay, so, and this is the problem, you know, I think we talked about this yesterday. There's the, um, the apps that women are following and they think that they're, you know, fertile because their app tells them that they're fertile in that time. But, yeah. you know, from a fertility point of view, we really need people understanding the temperature method. So getting a good understanding of the um, drop before the rise, which indicates your ovulation. And then, you know, it should drop back down a bit and continue on. If people are getting um, no dip and rise any time throughout their cycle, then I would consider, you know, no ovulation. Um, or if they're getting this ovulation shift in their temperatures, maybe a week before their period, that's not enough time to build up the lining of the uterus to sustain a pregnancy. So, you know, that's when we talk about luteal phase defects. And that's an issue. You know, some people don't realise that if you don't have a not a long enough gap between ovulation and your period, um, mm. you know, that's actually, that can be an underlying problem there. So we need to really be tracking, you know, when is ovulation? Is it two weeks out? Looking at the temperatures, maybe using some LH test strips. Um, and, you know, I, I'd really encourage people to kind of get in contact or, you know, do some learning for themselves about it because it's a whole big area. It's quite, it can mm. be a bit overwhelming. Um, but yeah. I think, yeah... You know, the temperature is the fantastic way. I think, you know, it's a lot cheaper and rather than doing these ovulation strips every single day, especially on a regular mm -hmm. cycle, you could use them for two months and not get a positive. So, okay. Yeah. Anyone who's on here, I see a few people jumping on. Just give us a wave, say hello. <laughs> um, feel free to ask questions as we go because yeah. we'll be yes. answering. There's been some collected from last week and the week before that we're going to be answering here as well. Um, so you mentioned tracking, just yeah. explain to me the, um, yeah, so the two days, um, what, what is it that women really need to know when it comes yes. to fertility in your okay. opinion? Well, so I mean, with the ovulation, it's probably even the mucus changes, like we haven't really chatted about that too much, but People, mm. I think, need to learn their mucus changes and realise, um, you know, what a sticky, fertile um, mucus is and, you know, the more slippery, fertile mucus because these are really indicating what's going on on a hormonal level. So understanding your uh, fertile mucus, understanding your temperatures, but also understanding how much your stress um, and your lifestyle and your diet and your hormone balance is impacting on your fertility because I think that's a bit of the 
misnomer in the sense that oh I'm ovulating and I'm trying every month and I'm not falling pregnant mm-hmm. um, yeah. but majority of women I see and this I'm seeing this a lot with women using IVF centers who mm-hmm. can't fall pregnant due to you know other health conditions but they're stressed they're unhealthy you know blood sugars are a mess um, they're not feeling good and they're not falling mm-hmm. pregnant and the IVF you know isn't working for them so yeah. and this is you know all areas but we need to be looking at what your nervous system is doing, what your stress is doing, because um, that's, yeah, it's just such a that huge one. That seems to fertility. be a big factor, mm. the stress thing. Like yeah. I've spoken to people who have um, been trying to get pregnant and mm. then they ended up just sort of giving up, relaxing. Yes. They bought a yes. puppy yeah. and yeah. within three months Ta-da. or something, they got yeah. pregnant. So yeah, it's like, that's right. It's like the holidays, yeah. you know, they go on the holiday yeah. and Plan something. That's what they say. Plan something else. Um, Take mind off of it. A lot when people um, commit to an IVF and they almost feel like that pressure's gone off of them, and they're like, feel that relief. The relief's there, and then they fall pregnant because you know that brain stress and the brain and the ovaries. You know they talk so much, so we need to remember. You know that's if that brain is feeling stress, there's no way it's going to communicate properly. It's going to send out stress signals. Definitely. Mm. There's a few guys on the lives here. I want to hear from you as well. Because... <laughs> Hi, guys. I've seen yeah. a few of those names popping up. They've probably jumped on thinking, what's Jackie doing on there? <laughs> <laughs> I want to hear from you guys as well. Questions about fertility and things like that. Yeah. Um, let's talk about a success story you had. Someone okay. that you've been working with. Yeah, That's always sure. good. Yeah, definitely. Um, and I've got a few at the moment. IVF and um, non-IVF clients and so people who are currently going through IVF yes yes that's right which is great because you know they're seeking I guess other methods they've got both of them have got endometriosis and adenomyosis um, similar profiles that those women had and we it was interesting they both presented very similar Um, we've had one fall pregnant the other one still the other one actually felt so good that she didn't want to go through IVF because she was enjoying feeling so good, you know, nice. just within herself. Um, but we did a lot of, you know, the gut and the liver and, I mean, endometriosis is a whole other topic, but, um, mm. you know, we addressed a lot of the endometriosis symptoms and inflammation, got the gut back to, you know, moving well and all that sort mm-hmm. of thing. Um, but for both, for both of them, it was the blood glucose actually, and the stress that we've been looking at. So the, this, the stress and especially even with IVF. So these are people that, um, you know, obviously having the hormones to help them, but the stress, and obviously we want to make sure the pregnancy maintains with good progesterone. Um, if there's, you know, if there's stress there, that's just not going to happen. So we did a lot of meditation, looking at sleep, um, and then with the blood glucose, we made sure they were getting rid of their carb cravings. So I see a lot of women struggling with, you know, the carbs and the sugars going up and down mm-hmm. throughout the day and the energy. Um, yeah. So that's, yeah, I mean, and that's, I think we need to remember with fertility, it's still looking at the body as a whole. So it's whatever you're feeling isn't working for you, that's probably what needs to be addressed. You know, if you've got autoimmune yeah. or you've got allergies or fatigue, you know, these are probably the things the body's feeling unbalanced for. And address those. So, you know, I think we need to think a little bit more. It's just fertility. It's just our hormones. Um, it's just my ovaries or whatever. 
you know, our body yeah. works as a whole. And if we're not addressing the whole body, then yeah. chances are fertility can show up as an issue. And this is, I think, where the, you know, the higher statistics are there, but maybe not. You know, if people were yeah. addressing their health, potentially we wouldn't be seeing it. So um, I love the effects of keto, like a plant-based keto um, okay. diet. I find that works really well. Small amounts of meat and eggs if people like that sort of thing. Um, yeah. But really cutting down the carbohydrates and, you know, getting the sugars sorted mm-hmm. can be amazing for fertility side of things. Yeah. I love that, that you're taking it as a whole because yeah, it isn't just about that. Yeah. Do you often find that it's um, – I was speaking to one girl who was saying mm. – you know, people know that they've been trying to get pregnant. So every yeah. day at work, mm. it's like, has it happened yet? Yeah. Is yeah, it going to so work? And then she's stress. constantly reminded yeah. And, yeah. and she's constantly saying like, mm. no, I'm still not pregnant. It's like mm. putting it out there to being like, yeah. no, it's still not pregnant, still not pregnant. It's just this yes. upset. Yeah. yeah. And I think, you know, subconsciously on many women's brains, especially if they've been trying for a long time or they've had miscarriages, you know, there's that mindset that this isn't going to work. Maybe I'm going to miscarry again. And, you know, that energy carries some purpose in our body in the sense that, unfortunately, if if we're thinking negative thoughts, and I know it's very challenging, it's something, you know, people need a bit of coaching through, but... you know, it's a big part trying to block out that and just really keep that positive mindset regarding the fertility because yeah. otherwise that can be a stress. It's another stress on the mind and the brain. It, it's so true. And like, back, yeah. I don't know, five years ago, I thought that was a bit woo-woo, a bit yeah. bullshit. Like, <laughs> yeah. just yeah. put out People... positive thoughts and everything yeah. will work. But yeah. it's true. It yes. really does impact yeah. your body. It's a big, and that's right. And it's not, I'm not saying it's the be or an end all. Um, but I think it definitely makes up a percentage of where people are at and, you know, how their experience can be. And even if it's not going to change the outcome, at least it changes mm. that journey a little bit for them and makes it not mm-hmm. so exhausting, really. Because yeah. it's, it's such a process and such a draining headspace for so many women um, with the fertility. So, yeah. Hello. Hello, Alison. <laughs> That's my mother just joined us. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> so um, going back, because I, I want to touch on the mental health side of things because yeah. it's such a, a big thing. And um, mm. one um, girl in particular I was Actually. talking to, she was saying how, um, well, my doctor told me when I was 18, yeah. she's now like 32, yeah. um, that I would never be able to get pregnant. So I've kind of just given into the fact and it's yes. like, what, what, your body can change yeah. so yes. much. Exactly. That's right. And this is where we see the PCOS and the endo sort of story yeah. as well. Um, women told that they can't fall pregnant or go on the yeah. pill and, you know, all this sort of thing. So it's, and I think we need to remember that just one person's opinion, um, mm-hmm. you know, that obviously everyone's got an opinion, but yeah, maybe reaching a little bit further for people and looking into other alternative medicine or therapies mm-hmm. because, you know, your body, I think I always think our bodies are designed to heal. You know, we've got the yes. innate ability in us to heal ourselves. Mm-hmm. We just need to give us give it the right tools and the right support. Um, and well, your body there's... wants, yeah, yeah. your body wants oh. to be in balance. Hugely. I think we just yeah. interfere with it. Yeah. Mm. And we don't realize how imbalanced we've become because Everyone else around us is imbalanced and we felt like this for a long time. So it's not, it's not like one day we're like, oh, I feel really imbalanced today. It can be a gradual no. process from, you know, maybe teenage years even now. 
um, yeah. where people just slowly their health declines and then all of a sudden they actually feel rubbish and they've got you know mm. a list of health conditions and symptoms but almost consider that to be normal and when they start to fall you know think about fertility those things aren't a factor in their head because that's been their life story and you know yes it doesn't seem yes. to doesn't seem to ring as an issue for them mm. yeah um another big thing is i know we spoke about stress but it seems to be that um women who are underweight as yeah. well i know yes. we talk about yep. people who are overweight but it's also mm. the underweight too yeah yes exactly and that's just a survival mechanism you know obviously if your mm. body fat percentage is low um, our bodies are very innately clever and that's where the stress comes in you know the body mm. will think not enough body weight to support um you know a fetus and yeah. we're not going to sustain a pregnancy here plus obviously the issues with you know potential hormone problems and then um, ovulation that low body fat brings to it in itself so yeah you know yeah. people really need to watch this this exercise craze in the sense that we need to be careful uh -huh. Um, and it's, and the high intensity that's another stress on the body you know so much so people mm. don't realize that you don't it actually does cause stress to the body oh, you're, you're exactly. better off doing yoga yes yes i'll go yep. for a walk yeah um and not yep, realizing totally. that you know crossfit yeah. and um hit yep. stuff is just yeah too much intense. for so many women and i'm i love that in the sense that if people are feeling good and they've got no underlying health problems adrenals are good you know stress response mm. is good sleep's good but I get so many women that are struggling so hard to, you know, shift the weight. They've got poor energy. They're feeling absolutely exhausted and they're putting themselves through five days of an high intensity exercise. Yeah. And I have to say to them, look, this probably right now isn't the right thing for you. Let's, you know, calm mm. things down, reduce the stress response, um, get the healing Thanks happening. Thanks for the hearts. And then you can get back to, you know, doing those things that you might love mm -hmm. when your body's a bit more um, resilient to those things exactly mm. exactly yeah for sure hannah says yeah. i'm so glad to hear this much prefer yoga and walking to hit yeah yeah, yeah. exactly what, you know i think do what your body tells you like we we know what we feel good doing um yeah. if you're coming home from a session feeling absolutely wiped and exhausted yeah. that's yeah. not for you you know yes mm. there's obviously a certain degree of a, a good cardio workout and a bit of fatigue but you know, if it wipes you out for the whole week or you've got muscle aches and ongoing for months on end, um, yeah. you know, you need to probably have a think about another strategy perhaps. I think we're very much, um, as I've got my, um, the yoga instructor on here who qualified me and she's yeah, very okay. much about, you need that balance in your life with the yin and the yang. Yeah. We're very yes. yang. Oh. Stress, rush, yeah. from next thing to next thing, traffic, exactly. and it's like, yes. and then we yeah. add on the exercise, stress, stress, stress. Yes, yes. There's yeah. no like, oh, yeah. just breathe. No, there's not, and it's not that. It's I think self care is getting a lot further, but it's still that guilt, and it's still, you know, I try and educate women on the fact that self care is actually about your hormones and how well you ovulate and produce your hormones, mm. and that seems to help women almost want to do the self care a little bit more because all of a sudden it's. have got an actual reason why the self-care is going to help because often we don't yeah. realize that you know going outside and reading yeah. a book or going for a walk is actually going to benefit in so many areas um so we disregard it as oh well it's know. such a big thing isn't it yeah. yeah yeah especially with women i think we feel mm. like it's selfish to put oh, ourselves first yes yep 
And it's, you know, I mean, we've all struggled with it. And I think every, every woman at some point is going to struggle with finding that time for self-care and, mm. um, and yeah, you know, finding the time really, I guess, and making that time for it. But it doesn't have to be huge. It could be literally, you know, five minutes in the morning or at the end of the day, just something to ground you that you feel good doing, um, mm-hmm. you know, that brings that nervous system down back into that parasympathetic. I love the parasympathetic and the vagus nerve. Yeah, you know, they me all too. Need, yeah. They all need some love. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yes. Oh. Uh, I want to go through some of these questions that we have yeah, just because sure. – and anyone who has questions here, feel free ask if you've just joined yeah. us. Say hi, give us a wave, <laughs> or give us some hearts. Yeah. Uh, Hannah's here asked a question. As an exhausted mum, I feel energised from a couple of hours reading a book or walking yeah. alone. I feel like I've Beautiful. done a workout just getting the girls <laughs> ready to go out in the morning. Yeah. And that's fine. Yeah, like, listen yeah. to your body. Exactly. It's okay. Yeah. Yes. I think we put too much pressure on ourselves yeah. to be this, like, superwoman. Oh, yes. And, and, and push through. Like, people come in to me oh, and they're push exhausted. Through, yeah. And they're pushing. And it's like, this is not serving you right now. You are absolutely exhausted. Yeah. You know, and, and there might be flexibility slow down, but still we feel that need to keep pushing and keeping up with everybody. And um, sometimes I say to people, you need to take a month off, as in keep working, do what you've got to do. Oh, my God, say, I bet that didn't go down but, well. I know, but say no. <laughs> say no to those things that aren't necessary right now. So if you don't yeah. have to do that catch-up or if you don't need to go out and do that errand or that appointment, just delay it for a month. Give yourself yeah. four weeks of you know doing the minimal as you can with mm-hmm. that kind of yoga and meditation, replacing it with that. And it's amazing how much the nervous system can reset during, you know, a nice block of um, sleep and restorative processes. Definitely. Mm. I think it takes practice, though, because society puts pressure on you. And mm. I know, for one, since I've been doing some more downtime since, like, my yeah. last few weeks of pregnancy, yeah. I feel guilty Yes. Um, oh, some exactly. days where I'm like, yeah. I haven't had time to do that because i felt so mm. exhausted and then i'm like yeah. i should have done it like yes oh the should have yes. you know should have should have should have myself what do they call it should have aisle you know the island where all our should haves land and all these things yeah. we say to ourselves that <laughs> put extra guilt <laughs> yes yeah and sometimes yeah. And it's that, just yeah. okay <laughs> yeah that's right and i think you know for a lot of women even if you know maybe husbands at work partners at work um mm-hmm we have trouble maybe if we have some time in the day to switch off because we feel that guilt that we're at home maybe we we feel guilty that we should be just pushing all day but yeah I think you know a lot of the time it's the mums that are home at night doing that night routine getting up in the Mm -hmm. middle of the night and if we're not just taking that little mini chunk of time in the day then literally we can be you know on 24 7 we just need to grab those little opportunities because the men bless them but when they feel tired I do find that they have that ability just to slow down and sit on the couch and just say, oh, I'm just going to yeah, put my feet up. And sure. a lot of us struggle with that. But it's, um, you know, we probably should look at that a little bit more in the sense that good on them for slowing down when Definitely. We can, when learn, they feel we it. can actually yeah. learn from men. We could. I someone uh, like an hour ago. <laughs> Don't want to like, admit it, think, but... I know. Do you think, <laughs> I said, do you think men stress more than women? Yeah, yeah. And he said, well, yeah, probably. I think men just yeah. know how to shut off. Yes. And they don't yeah. have that guilt because... no. Why? Why would they yeah. have that guilt? Because they fancy yes. a rest. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Their body's telling them it's time to rest, and yeah, that's what they'll do. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Okay, questions. Yes, questions. Um, cool. I know there was one top one was um, 
how can I ovulate again? Yes. Like, okay. This, this is one of my friends who was saying, you know, yep. she's been struggling. Yes. Um, and she just, yeah, she wants, wants to. Know. Yeah, for sure. And obviously the first thing would be ruling out any reasons why people aren't ovulating. So the main would be the PCOS side of things. So I guess, yep. you know, just checking that that's not an issue for people and we're going into PCOS uh, tomorrow. Tomorrow. Yeah. Um, yeah, tomorrow. So we can talk more about that then. But, um, you know, PCOS, just make sure that that's not the cause of your ovulation issues. And also just to note that you can have a period without ovulating. So don't get into that trap of thinking just because you've got a regular cycle that um, ovulation is happening as well. So this is the other fertility issue that people think, you know, periods regular, um, you know, they could go months and months on end, but they may not actually have fertile symptoms and ovulation happening mm -hmm. so so to actually get the brain talking to the ovaries again we need to you know it's it's about um taking the stress off the brain so all those stress things we've just talked about the meditation mm -hmm. the yoga and i think it's better to break it down into small little chunks across the day so maybe five minutes three times a day so that the brain yes. constantly got a reminder to calm down and come down a level um there's some fabulous herbs for ovulation and Vitex would be one of those that we would use. So it's, um, you can get it from, you know, all your good health shops, mm -hmm. but probably either working maybe with a practitioner, it, you know, it can work well. Um, uh, you know, it's hard to obviously give doses and things for a, a broad range, but generally Vitex is very good for encouraging the brain and the ovaries to start talking. Um, is it okay for people to take Vitex if they haven't seen a practitioner? Yeah, generally speaking, on a low on a on a low dose, there wouldn't be an issue. I don't like people taking it um, when they have their period, so we like people to have a bit of a break um, okay. if they're taking it. So stop when you've got your cycle, and it's always best take it in the morning because that's when your pituitary is most active. So you know it does work right. better in the morning. Hope um, you're all taking notes, guys. <laughs> so that can be a really good one. But also I actually find the stress herbs are probably even more beneficial. So things like your rhodiola, withania, ashwagandha, you know, that sort of um, yes, line yeah. of, you know, adrenal and stress support, support and uh -huh. your B vitamins, your magnesium, because they help the body cope with the stress. So we'd uh -huh. be looking at, you know, helping your body cope, but, also, I think it's a nice way to put maybe a bit of a list down as to what's causing your stress as well. So mm. we need to remember that it's not just um, we often think of like mental stress, like workload as being our main stresses. But yeah. we need to remember environmental stresses. So if you work in an environment where there's toxicity, that's a stress on your body. If yeah. you've got a infection, so if you've got a gut infection, um, a SIBO mm -hmm. infection or underlying gut stuff, then that's a stress on your body. That's a chemical stress. Um, yes. Then we've got the emotional stress. And the big one I want always people to be thinking about is the fear of the unknown. So they actually mm. say the fear of the future um, is one of our biggest stresses as humans because we are constantly fearing what's next and what's happening. And that puts in the body into a state of stress pretty much all the time. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, helping maybe doing some work with someone to clear out any of those um, fears that people have. And that can be yeah. around pregnancy and around fertility and how am I going to be a mom? And, you know, well, what's especially if happen? you're watching these horrendous films like One Born Every Minute, oh, people need to stop watching that. So much scare, you know, <laughs> and that's right. And there's so much out there now in the media, you know, of, of, of things that are happening to people. And obviously, there's probably been an increase. So people are thinking more often than not. You know, maybe that's going to be me that something that happens to. So there's going to be that yeah. fear there happening. Um, so with ovulation, 
I generally find if people follow those sort of things, we would normally find maybe within about three months people start ovulating. And I've had this happen with women, not for fertility reasons, but for um, perimenopausal who maybe don't mm. ovulate for or don't have a period for almost a year. And then we start doing these, um, these techniques and all of a sudden their period reappears. So, okay. you know, no matter what age and what you're going through, it's, you know, it's the stress, working out what your stressors are. So, you know, mm. what's actually stressing the body out because um, we can support the body as much as possible. But if you've got a big stress happening, then, yeah. you know, we need to do the best we can to remove that stress or help your body cope and deal with that stress as much as possible. I think that's where it helps working with someone, a coach or something, because yeah. Yeah. they can actually dig into your lifestyle and pick out yeah. areas where you may yes. not have even thought it was a big deal. That's right. Yeah. And that's, and I think, you know, I, I see a lot of people that have had um, a stressful event maybe a couple of years ago and we talked to them about that their nervous system's actually stuck in that sympathetic dominant state of a fight or flight response. So, yeah, you know, a lot of the time we think it has to be happening right now, but it might have been a year ago or two years ago and it might have yeah. shifted your whole nervous system and your mm -hmm. nervous system's never properly recovered. Um, and, but you're still you know, thinking about it as well. You're still yeah, hasn't been fixing, dealt with. holding on to that. Yeah, mm, for sure. Yeah, for, yeah, exactly. Thanks, Arkella. These are the earrings that um, Arkella sells. Just a little oh, small gorgeous. pitch there. Yeah. Please come on. Yeah, nice she's, a, she's a yogi. Oh, <laughs> Amazing. So I hope that's helped um, Hopefully, answer that yeah. question. Yeah. yeah. Um, next one. Uh, question about... I kind of helped answer this, but I want you to cover this, actually. Um, okay. Question about thrush and candida. Do you, you know what candida yeah, is? Yeah, okay. It's, yeah. So, yeah. Um, and if you, and if it can affect getting pregnant. So she said okay. functional doctors say it doesn't, but alternative health practitioners say it does. Mm, okay. So, and this is where we start thinking about um, really an imbalance in the body. So it might not directly affect fertility. I don't believe in the sense that, you know, you've got candida, so you're not going to fall pregnant. But yeah. it would show, you know, there's a stress on the body. So mm -hmm. the body's having to deal with that. Um, so in a, in a roundabout way, I would imagine, yes, it could affect someone's fertility. But what was the other half of that question? Um, can it affect getting pregnant? Functional doctors say it doesn't. Oh, and alternative yeah. health okay. practitioners say it does. So she's yeah. confused. Yeah, yeah. And so um, the hormonal component there is probably more, I think, what you might be looking at. So if you're finding that it's cycling in the sense that it's worse before a period or with ovulation, I find most women struggle with the estrogen component aggravating their candida overgrowth. And if it's not dealt with okay. properly in the sense of, um, you know, people go on these low-sugar, low-carb diets and, yes, the candida abates because it's got nothing to feed on. And then mm -hmm. as soon as there's a little bit of a reintroduction of sugars, then it, it flares up again. So yeah. if, you know, well, again, she's if... been on this candida diet for three, three times now, three cycles. Okay. So there's yes. something else yeah. going on. Yes. Okay. And that's right. And that's where I think, again, probably working with someone like garlic, um, internal garlic's fabulous. Um, mm -hmm. All your antifungals that you can do to help kill off the candida. Candida is also very clever at hiding under like a little biofilm. So we can actually create a little home for it in our bodies. Yeah. And, mm -hmm. um, you know, this is where it might not be killed off, like all infections and bacteria. So, you know, yeah. getting to the underlying N-acetylcysteine is the main thing I use for, um, you know, how we do that and how we get rid of the biofilm. 
but mm-hmm. killing off that that fungus properly because it sounds like maybe it's not being actually dealt with properly and no. looking at the estrogen perhaps I think it sounds important for her to work with a practitioner if it's been three times now going through that yes. diet. Yeah, for um, sure. Yeah, there's obviously something triggering that. That's and not working. It might be some stress as well. You know, stress will um, trigger the blood flow yes. in the body. Mm. I've I've worked with her a little bit, and it is um, mm, okay. <laughs> stress, yeah. but it's yes. yeah. it's helping her understand that yeah. as well. Because yes. I think we think that oh, I, I naturally yeah. I always feel like this, so I'm yeah. not stressed. But yeah. that level yeah. is your stress. Yeah, so. that's right. <laughs> and it's hard to. You know, a lot of us don't quite associate stress with candida. They just don't seem to no. go hand in hand. Um, in fact, it but... can be one of the main factors for an yeah. increase in overgrowth. Yes, exactly. Um, so we've got um, Alicia. Alicia, sorry if I haven't pronounced that right. Uh, you mentioned the drop in temperature and then the rise before ovulation. How much mm-hmm. of a change is considered a dip? Okay, so it's point of a dip so the dip would be uh, literally like 0.1 or 0.2 um, of a degree so you want a really sensitive thermometer a basal thermometer mm-hmm. um and if you, you get that from chemists it, yeah yep chemists or if you want a better one you can go online and get an actual fertility thermometer okay. um but if you chart it the main thing we want to see is a drop um down below your say you know your first 14 days and then it should just drop and rise so it doesn't necessarily matter um, how far it goes down as long as we see Mm -hmm. some sort of drop and then a peak you know to me that would indicate some sort of ovulation shift okay and it's best done i think if you can print off a chart there's lots of probably free free downloads online if anyone wants me to send them um, a chart i've got a, a chart i can send um and you know, if you chart it out, you'll actually be able to see that visually. And that's a lot easier rather than, you know, just looking at your temperature every morning. It is a lot easier okay. if you can actually see it on a chart form. Amazing. That mm. ovulation chart would be good, actually, if you put that in the yeah, podcast I can put vault, that in there. if you don't yeah. mind. That yeah, can be a sure. freebie for everyone yep. if they need that. Right. Yep. So um, I'll pop the link below for everyone who wants to access all of the freebies that mm. um, Jackie's been providing all this week. Yeah. Um, hey, Will. Say hello. <laughs> um, anyone who's jumping on live, say hello. Throw us some hearts. Um, I hope that's answered your question, Alicia. Feel free to ask yes. any more. Um, another lady here would like to find out if lichen sclerosis could be related to poor gut health. Okay. Um, yes, so I've seen, yes, I have. And I've, I've seen that a bit in clinic over the years. And... Generally speaking, we treat that as a autoimmune inflammatory condition. So it's uh-huh. still, it, most people would class it as autoimmune. I definitely do. Um, so autoimmune is always going to be gut health. So yes, gut health is going to be huge with this sort of um, symptoms. Yeah. And the majority of clients that I've found have done the best has been reducing their inflammatory foods. So finding what yes. is aggravating. So the, the gluten, the wheat, the dairy, the grains, you know, it all sounds a bit boring, but yeah um, it's it's we keep repeating it but it's it's <laughs> <know>. true <laughs> yes we don't need this in our bodies so um you know it's it's probably starting with one thing at a time and maybe seeing where you get some results and so maybe starting mm-hmm. with depending what your diet's like but the sugars first the most inflammatory side of things you know the coffee yep. and the alcohol are pretty huge for people yep. um and yes, definitely spending a good three to six months um, on the gut protocol and making sure that, you know, that healing's happening. Yeah. Giving it time because 
you know, I think with some of these things, we don't know how long to treat for. And yes. it can get a little bit confusing when you're not going through a practitioner. Um, you know, if you're not seeing results, how do you know? So, yeah, you know, exactly. it, it, and it I does think take time. We do worry. We don't give ourselves enough time. I think a lot of people no. that I work with yeah. have, have come to me and said, oh, yeah, I've that tried this for fix. two weeks. I'm like, yeah. well, that, that, okay, <laughs> let's carry that on then. Problems. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And anyone who comes to me with a problem, I'm like, well, it's gut health. <laughs> yeah yeah most of it generally right. is Start there. exactly <laughs> yeah yeah for sure so lots of anti-inflammatory okay. foods as well you know looking at um yeah omegas and you know your pineapple and nuts and seeds definitely and, uh, yeah Something i might even add that. that into our into our freebie list the anti-inflammatory yeah. foods um yeah which i've got yeah. which is great definitely yeah um another question here um Lady's been trying to get pregnant, mm -hmm. um, but she's taking all of these supplements for her gut health. Okay. So should she be taking supplements for pregnancy rather than gut health? Okay. Or, or both? Or both. Or and both. Okay. Yeah. Um, Catch-22, yeah. chicken and egg. Yes, it is. Gut health. Obviously, gut health, yes, when you are trying to conceive, very important. We would just mm -hmm. want to be careful that obviously those, if you were using any herbals, that they are safe. Um, generally, we don't say herbs in the first three months of pregnancy. So, you know, I'd be very wary as to what she was taking if she did fall pregnant. Um, yeah. But, you know, yes, I think there's definitely a need for gut health support throughout your whole pregnancy and breastfeeding years because uh -huh. that's passing on to baby and you know yeah. they're obviously sucking so much nutrients from us that if we've uh -huh. already got some history of gut problems um it, it can be a time when you you suffer from a gut, lot of gut trouble through pregnancy so yeah because baby yeah. takes on mum's gut health so no oh, exactly just yes getting yeah. that as good yeah yeah and we I know suppose... now yeah the relationship with the allergies and um eczema yes. asthma you know if the the mum's gut isn't right then there's more chance of allergies and even learning um and behavior disorders now they're found mm -hmm. later in life for children that don't have a good you know gut health from their mother they you know that they're yeah. taking on definitely mm, and i important. just found this out attending mm. my breastfeeding class um yeah <laughs> that there's there's an um a protein in the breast milk yeah. that is only there for gut for gut health yeah, right. for gut bacteria okay. yeah wow. and i was like wow oh, this just shows yeah. how important your gut health yes. is if there's yeah. just this one ingredient there yeah yeah <laughs> purely yes. for it <laughs> yeah for sure um what else did we have yeah it was just asking about the supplementation um do you can yeah what supplementation okay, to take to, to take um, so, when you're trying to get pregnant okay um so when trying to get pregnant if there's no i guess underlying conditions and let's say you know fairly healthy um well, i would always encourage a good absorbed multivitamin so just making sure that you know the elevate side of things i don't love personally i don't find that's a good makeup of um good nutrients elevate. So, yeah Elevate's like, you know, the main prescribed doctor's one over here. Oh, is it? Um, yep. So a lot of women go for the Elevate. And for mm. what it is and what it costs, I do find that, you know, there's definitely better multis for pregnancy out there. Mm. Um, there's lots of pharmacies and health shops now that do offer, like, practitioner-only um, nutritional support. So maybe yep. inquiring with them to get, you know, a good, um, 
you know, I, I've always used the BioPractica, but there's definitely other brands for pregnancy multis practitioner. Yeah. Um, you know, that you know you're going to absorb, but you don't want to take it and it just you know, leaves the body or doesn't absorb. It's a, it's a waste of money. Yeah. And you want a more whole food supplement than a chemical yeah, based one, exactly. which is what I use. Yes. Which, yeah. yeah. Absorption and that sort of thing. So, and then I think people need to really look at their minerals because the minerals in the soil are mm-hmm. so deficient. So, you yeah. know, yes, you might be on your multi and it might have a little bit of zinc, a little bit of iodine, but I really um, want my clients on a either a liquid mineral formula or like a powdered minerals with good amounts of zinc, magnesium, iodine especially, mm-hmm. um, selenium. Um, zinc's been shown to reduce postnatal depression. So, and obviously the stretch yeah. marks and the immune system throughout your pregnancy. So, you know, a good mineral support. Um, and then I always want people taking a probiotic. So there's probiotic mm-hmm. specific for pregnancy. Um, but, yeah. you know, probably anything you can get your hands on is going to be better than nothing. But Definitely. ideally a pregnancy support or a prebiotic uh, fiber. So, you know, the mm-hmm. acacia gums or I use a lot of prebiotics in clinic to encourage the growth of all your good bacteria. So it's not just one little bacteria we're focusing on. We want them all to thrive and Definitely. And flourish, yeah, yeah. So just some gentle gut support, mm-hmm. and for the constipation, most people, you know, hit pregnancy and hormone shift, and mm-hmm. you know, the bowels sort of bind up a little bit. So the water and the yeah. fiber can help just keep that flushing through. Also, yeah, you, you tend to be given by doctors um, all this iron, and, and yes. you may not necessarily yeah. actually be deficient in yeah. iron. Yeah, and and obviously it's blocking people up. So. The um, chelated iron, you know, there's some great ones from health shops or, um, you know, yeah. like your Cairo or whoever you go to, um, yeah. that they can give you a formula that's, yeah, a lot easier to absorb and doesn't bind the gut up because, mm-hmm. you know, that's not what we want, obviously, during pregnancy at all. No. So lots of options. Cool. Okay. Um, anyone who has any more questions, we are here just for a little bit longer. I know we've gone over a bit, but... We're here. We're good to go. Yay. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I think that's all the questions we have, unless anyone else has got any questions. Maybe what I'll just you... run through. Do you mm. want me just to run through? Um, you know, I guess as well, people may be just keeping in mind, and often we don't know this, is the follicle obviously in our ovaries take that 100 days to develop. So it's okay. just that reminder that, you know, if you're thinking about falling pregnant, we need to think about what's been happening for your last 100 days because that's the quality of your egg and your follicle that is going to be coming through at that period. So, okay. you know, this is where we always say three months minimum because that's mm-hmm. what's, you know, going to be absorbed by those follicles and um, how effective they are at producing progesterone and that sort of thing. So yep. if nothing else, you know, that 100 days before you fall pregnant or you try to conceive, is really your, you know, definite time. We say we want to act like we're pregnant. So in the sense of no alcohol, no coffee, um, really mm. clean diet, because we want to support that egg right from the start of the follicle development. That's that's a really good point. Um, I think people fixate on the, okay, well, why aren't I pregnant now? I've been trying yeah. for a couple yes. of months. There must be something yeah. wrong with me. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. So, and, and probably keeping in mind that that follicle, just so people know, uh, they're super sensitive to all these things we've talked about. So the inflammation, mm-hmm. the toxicity. So if you've done house renos or you've been involved with hairdressing, I see a lot. Um, yes. You know, lived, grew up on a farm, have these chemicals stored in us, that's going to mm-hmm. 
uh, cause some issues with how your follicle develops and how well it matures and, um, you know, how strong the fertility signs are with that follicle. So, mm-hmm. you know, looking at clearing out some toxicity stuff and looking at your liver and your gut, you know, if there's mm-hmm. constipation or bloating and that sort of thing, clear all that up first to help your body yeah. get rid of that toxicity so that mm-hmm. follicle isn't struggling with all these, all these toxins inside it. Yeah, it's, amazing. It's not going to function properly. It's very, uh, yeah. That's perfect. What For someone who's trying to get pregnant now yeah what, yes. what, what do you what do you want them to leave knowing yeah okay just to brief sure. everything that we spoke about yes yeah <laughs> <laughs> so we want people knowing take your stress seriously um mm-hmm. you know make that your priority and write yourself a plan or work with a practitioner that can help you design a plan around your stress management um yeah. address the diet so if you know you're eating something that doesn't suit your body then it's time to remove it because if you can sense that that doesn't work well for you it's probably mm-hmm. inflaming you it's probably aggravating your gut lining yeah. um you know get the nutrition happening look at the gut i do find the gut a lot of people are constipated a lot of people aren't mm-hmm. using their bowels properly so that really needs to be addressed properly and lots of fiber lots of water to move that through if that's not enough mm-hmm. again probably try and seek some help and assistance there yeah um and then i do find that that's probably the main things to be broad i do i do love people to do a liver detox first because i think as you know we are passing on genetically to our um a newborn child their eggs already that are carrying their children and if mm, there's toxicity yes. being passed down then you know that toxicity is going to be a burden to our future children and children's children so mm um you know a little a bit of liver detox is definitely amazing if you can get your head around and understand it um the other thing i use is coq10 actually a lot in pregnancy and that's um been shown with really good results as well for energy and sustaining pregnancy um yeah yeah. and watching your you know i always personally want to do someone's salivas to make sure their progesterone's at a good level before they fall pregnant So Mm -hmm. if you go into pregnancy with low progesterone, you know, it's not great for the body in the sense of increased risk of miscarriage um, and spotting and bleeding and things because the lining isn't developed enough. So, you know, as a good old saliva test for your progesterone and if someone came back with low progesterone, I would be heavily working with that to boost that before they even really thought about falling pregnant to reduce the risk of miscarriage. Yes. Mm. Um, before we end there, because one other mm. question's popped up about miscarriage. Yes, um, okay. What would you tell someone who had had four miscarriages and it had yeah. gone up to like 12 weeks and it, yeah. it's just... Well, and if they hadn't done, I guess, those things maybe we talked about, that would be the first place to start, to be looking yeah. at, you know, the toxicity and the stress and the diet and mm-hmm. that sort of thing. Um, yeah. I do find the thyroid and the the progesterone probably to be the two other factors there. So, you know, just subclinical thyroid problems can be enough to Mm. have trouble sustaining your pregnancy. So if your levels are anything above, you know, maybe a two for a TSH, um, and we'll go into thyroid in a few days, but, you know, really looking at your thyroid side of things. And I find it's progesterone, you know, women are so stressed, Mm. we're not producing enough progesterone. Mm -hmm. You know, huge deficiencies going on there. And that's our big yeah. pregnancy uh, maintaining hormone. So working with someone that either can, um, you know, prescribe you maybe some natural progesterone or working with someone that's got, you know, access to that is going to mm. be really important to, you know, if it's, if it's a reoccurring miscarriage issue. Um, yeah, something's yeah, going on. Trying to get to mm-hmm. the bottom of that. And I think it's a shame that, 
in the medical system it's not looked at really straight away i think it is until there's three or four that they won't really start testing for what's going on and why for a miscarriage so Mm. yeah it's not often found um if there's genetic problems or something going on yeah amazing okay perfect if no one's got any other questions we are gonna finish there um tomorrow hey jess tomorrow we are going to be on the pcos yeah so if you have questions then yep. we can cover that there uh, yes. if you're not managing to jump on but it'll be 10 30 tomorrow adelaide time yeah cool um back to normal so yes. this will be posted so you can watch the replay if you have any other questions we're still here to answer them and i will post the link below for you to get access to anti-inflammatory foods on that um podcast vault and also the chart for ovulation yes, that, I'll get um, that. Yep. jackie will kindly share mm. as mm-hmm. well yeah hey jess just finished work <laughs> post your questions Yay. here jess i answered your yeah. question further up um but you can ask more <laughs> and maybe if people have got questions they can still leave them below and i might try and get to them after if people want oh exactly yeah Yeah. we can we can cover it tomorrow morning um, just as like a continuance if people need that yeah for sure amazing um please share this with all of your friends and family all of the women and men in your life (laughs) um who can benefit from listening to any of this so we're here all week um women's health stuff thanks so much again jackie you're welcome love it (laughs) i'm glad good yeah yeah, having fun good stuff all right at least we worked out the it yeah exactly (laughs) (laughs) okay everyone Uh, have a lovely evening wherever you are yeah that's it bye for now see ya bye